God's not afraid of your honesty uh, at all. <clears throat> the enemy is afraid of your honesty. Because if the enemy can get you to hide things and keep things in the dark, then they won't go away. But when we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. What a, what a, a glorious place to walk in. Uh, you know, this isn't the last battle that Lee Thane will fight, but boy, she won a victory today. And this is, yeah. We're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, let me mention just a couple things very quickly. Last Wednesday night, ooh, mercy. Uh, the next time we have one of these bridge builder events, which I believe is the first Sunday in May, you know, I don't know, uh, I don't know what, what, you're, what you do on Wednesday nights. Uh, first of all, whatever it is that you do on Wednesday nights, it's not as good as what's going on here. But it's especially not as good as what's going on here when we have the Bridge Builder events. Uh, you know, there were at least a couple people I know of that gave their life to the Lord. There were a number of people. Uh, well, there were two specifically that I, that I directed and said, you need to be here because they were just so beat down, so weakened and everything. And, you know, and they both just kind of left going, man, I'm glad you made me come to this. I didn't make you come. I just told you to come. Uh, I told you I wouldn't speak to you again if you didn't, but <laughs> actually I didn't say that. But, uh, but anyway, I, I just want to encourage you to do that. And then next Sunday, next Sunday is a very special Sunday for two reasons. One, it is daylight savings time. <laughs> yeah, so be sure and set your clock ahead because you don't want to miss what's going to be happening here next Sunday. And then two... Uh, normally we have baptisms on the first Sunday of the month. We kind of got messed up this, this month. We'll be having baptisms next Sunday. And we've got uh, several people who are going to be baptized. If you need to be baptized in water, see, uh, see somebody in the staff or one of the elders and let them know. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put you on for that. Would you stand with me? We're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers... I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spirit gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. Father, I thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. I, 
I pray that you would touch each person here. I pray that no one would be immune to the fact that you are here and that you would touch not only our ears, but you would touch our hearts and that you would change us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. It goes almost without saying that the vast majority of North American Christians are ignorant of spiritual gifts. Just, and when I say ignorant, I don't mean that they're, you know, that they're not intelligent. I don't mean that they're not, that they don't have the, the, the sense to be able to comprehend. They just never, they've never been told. They're ignorant. Or, uh, or what they've been told, some of them, um, are ignorant because what they've been they've been served Kool Aid instead of water. Water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit because uh, Jesus said, "Whoever believes in me, out of his innermost being, will flow rivers of living water." And, and, and then John goes on to say, "This he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, who would be given to those who believed in it." Kool Aid is water with additives with things added into it, especially a lot of nice refined sugar, which is just so good for you. Okay, this, 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 uh, this group's a little bit better at picking up on sarcasm than the, uh, than the early one was. Some, though most, are ignorant because they're just not taught anything about it. When, when, the, when you heard the testimonies from... From the staff, uh, you know, three of the five said, I went to church, never heard anything about the Holy Spirit. The whole, until, until one day came along. And that's the way it is. And there are a couple of reasons why people don't speak or teach about the Holy Spirit. Some don't teach about the Holy Spirit because they don't think these things happen anymore. There's no reason to teach about the Holy Spirit because God doesn't do miracles and, and things, healing and, uh, and, and supernatural gifts of wisdom and th- those things don't happen anymore and and i find i find that curious because for one thing there's nothing in the bible to indicate that god doesn't do this in fact at, at the beginning of the bible god starts out doing these things and at the end of the bible god is still doing these things and all of the places in between in the bible god is doing these things and so why he's not doing these things now would be beyond me and also the, the the people who would who would tend to say well there's no such things as miracles anymore you ever seen anybody get saved i i don't know about about you but when i got saved it was a miracle it, it really was i mean the guy i was the week before it happened and then the guy i was when it happened that's a different guy and it wasn't something i could do it was, it was something God did. And beyond that, I don't know of any believers in Jesus Christ. I don't know of any Christians who don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. That sounds like a miracle to me. In fact, that's, if, you, if you can believe in the resurrection of the dead, I don't know why you got trouble with turning water into wine and, and, and walking on water and healing folks. Because I think raising the dead's a little harder. 
But some don't teach it because they don't believe these things happen anymore. However, I think there's also a significant portion who don't teach it because they're just simply scared. And I was, I was going to use the word afraid, but this is Tennessee. We're scared. And that's understandable. Because frankly, there's, there's some stuff, there's some scary stuff. Last week when Barbie uh, shared about um, testing the spirits and she made the comment, you know, if you're going to teach about testing the spirits, you need to be aware that the spirits are going to test you back. I know what kind of week she had. And I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> and I know she appreciates that greatly. Uh, but seriously, I mean, you know, I, I do it. I, 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 see, I get to... I, by and large, I generally get to decide who's going to preach about what. <laughs> I'll send them these things and go, you preach about this. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> going to make it up to her. I mean, the, ne- the next time she's going she's to be bringing an actual series on, on spiritual blessings. So that ought to make it up. But I said, you get testing the spirits. In fact, I think you requested it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> But the thing is, when you, when you begin to deal with issues that concern the spirit realm, things happen. And they're not all fun that happen. And so I, I understand why some people go, you know what, I just don't want to go there. Don't, don't, want to, don't want to release that, don't want to deal with that, don't want to deal with what it'll happen, what, what it might do in the church and, and all that stuff. But... We serve a God who tells us to fear not and also says, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. So we've got to go there. Gifts are not the only way that the Holy Spirit is manifested in the believer, but they are one way, and, and it's not like you get to pick and choose. When you get the Holy Spirit, you get the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm the only one here who has been fortunate enough to marry a perfect wife. Uh, but I, and I, I know you guys, and I, and I know that your wives are almost perfect, but here's the deal. It's not like you can go, you know what, honey, I like this and this and this and this about you, but that, I don't, I don't have anything to do with that. Let me know how that works for you. You tell her that. And with the Holy Ghost, you, can't, you really can't necessarily go, you know, I want, I want this deep, intimate relationship with you. Your presence is all I need, all I want. It's the air I breathe. You know, I, that's, you, know you can't go there and then say, oh, but I don't want that. You know, if he comes, he comes. And, and whatever he wants to do is what, is what he's going to to do in our lives. Being ignorant of spiritual gifts does not protect us from falling prey to the, to the enemy's counterfeits. I mean, quite the contrary. Many hunger for something beyond, actually all of us, I think, ultimately, at some point, hunger for something beyond mere creeds and rituals. Now, you know, creeds are great. They're important because they... they are able to bring into concise terms what we believe and help us to understand and know what we believe. That, that's a good thing. That's an important thing. Rituals are important. I've got nothing against rituals. Rituals help us to, to stay grounded. Rituals connect us with, with saints throughout the centuries. Uh, rituals can, 
can call us to a place that we won't go without hearing that sound to come to that place. But there's something inside of us that ultimately says there's more. There's more, and, I, and, and I, I want more than this. And you know what? The Holy Ghost has more, but if we don't offer that, if we're ignorant of it, then the enemy's got some more as well that he can kind of tempt you with. Without knowing anything about the power of, of, of God at work in the believer, it's easy to fall into one of two lies. And one of the, one of the lies is the, the works of the enemy. When I was putting this... Uh, this keynote together uh, presentation, and I was, you know, looking for these things and putting them on a slide. I, uh, two things were going on. One, I was, one, I, I just, I just felt kind of slimy. I'll just be honest with you. You know, I felt like I'd been slimed. But uh, the other one, I was going, Lord, I don't know. You know, I, I'm not real com. I don't know that I even want to put this stuff up. This is I mean, in a church service where Jesus is glorified. I mean, I. I don't know that I even want to do that. And uh, I really felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, yeah, I want you to do it. Why? And I really think that the reason why he said, I want you to do it, is because he said, because there's going to be people there who are into some of this stuff, and they don't know it's bad. They don't know they're not supposed to be in it. They don't know that it's wrong. Because it's just so, it's so easy, it's so accessible, it can be so attractive, especially when in the rest of your spiritual life there doesn't seem to be more. But, yeah, I mean, the, the enemy brings it, for sure. There are many, many verses in Scripture that, that warn about that. I'll just bring up one, Matthew 24, 24. For false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. Great signs and miracles. You know, and there's probably somebody here who went, you know, I went to a, I went to a, a, a palm reader once, I went to a fortune teller once, and boy, they just, they told me amazing things. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Uh, but they were designed to kill you. Ultimately. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I had somebody do tarot cards one time, and man, they just started nailing stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's designed to kill you. It's, it's what it is. Uh, so anyway, we, we tend to fall prey to that because there's this void in our lives where we're thinking there's more and we go looking for it in all the wrong places. And then also the, the idea that there's nothing beyond what a microscope or a telescope can see and, and so there's, there's, just, there's just nothing out there or if there is, then it has nothing to do with us and nothing to do with the material world. But the truth of the matter is, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can't see. That doesn't mean it's not real. When you were in high school or maybe junior high or something, did you ever, you know, was there ever anybody that you kind of had this, this thing for that you kind of felt like, you know, when they walked in the room, it was hard to breathe and, and stuff? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Oh, you had a thing from him all way back then? Wow. Well, that doesn't count because what? No, because what I'm talking about is that you had a thing for somebody, but you never got up the guts to tell them. And now you've looked them up on Facebook and you're going, Whew. 
Boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, you never, you never said it. Nobody saw it. Was it real? Well, yeah, it's real. You go, oh, no, it was just puppy love. Puppies love. That's, that's, that's real. Those are, those are very real, very powerful feelings that are there. Invisible, and yet they're, they're real. There, there is stuff out there that's real, and it matters. Jesus is Lord. How many know that? Ooh, yeah, okay. You guys are more responsive than the first group was. Y'all, yeah, anyway. Uh, we're going to go into more depth on this later on in, in the series about the Holy Spirit. But there's kind of a, a, a confusing thing that's sort of said here because it says that, uh, you know, no one can say Jesus be cursed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, yeah, I got that. No one can say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you what he means, what he's saying. First of all, what he's saying is that the Holy Spirit will always exalt and glorify Jesus. When it's the Holy Spirit, Jesus will be exalted. Jesus will be lifted up. If stuff is going on, it may be amazing stuff, but one, the, the litmus test, the acid test, if you will, to know if this is the Holy Spirit or not, one of the most, what is the word I'm trying to come up with? Uh, definite. One of the most defining tests that you can use is, did Jesus get glorified? Because if he didn't, then it may have all the trappings of church or not, but it's not the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is going to always glorify Jesus. Jesus said over in John 16, 14 that part of his job is to bring glory to me. He will, take, he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. And the point is that no matter what you see to amaze you, if it doesn't bring glory to Jesus, and especially if it, if it lowers his exalted position in any way, you know, his name is the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, every tongue should confess Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And sometimes that lofty position is compromised in very subtle ways. But be sensitive to that. Because the Holy Spirit will never do that. The Holy Spirit will always exalt him. And then also, the Holy Spirit is the only one who can truly reveal Jesus. There was only one person in Scripture during Jesus' time here on the earth. There was only one person whose testimony he publicly accepted. You got it, John the Baptist. Who, 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 was that? Well done, yes, John the Baptist. Uh, there, were, there were a bunch of people in the first service who thought it was Peter. It was kind of a trick question, but it wasn't Peter because that wasn't a public confession. That was a, that was a private confession with just him and the disciples. And when that happened, Jesus said to him, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. you know, I'm, I'm not revealed by you figuring things out. My Father in heaven revealed this to to you and he did it through the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist was the one whose testimony he received because John the Baptist was the one who was anointed by the Holy Ghost to reveal the Messiah to Israel. 
And he, he, was, he was spoken of in Scripture. First time he ever encountered Jesus. He was, he was in Elizabeth's womb. Jesus was in Mary's womb. It didn't matter. As soon as Jesus got there, John the Baptist got the Holy Ghost. Because that, that was what he was getting equipped for his job. That's what it was all about. There were others who knew. There were others who knew when Jesus would heal somebody and they would go, ah, you're, you're, you're the Christ. You'd go, don't, shh, don't tell. And sometimes he, and the enemy knew. Sometimes he'd walk into situations and people through demonic inspiration would go, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus, shh, hush, shut them up. Doesn't get, no, don't take, don't take testimony from there. So only the Holy Spirit can truly reveal. And that's what he's talking about there. He's not saying that you can't literally enunciate these words. He's talking about the inspiration of where it, it really comes from. And then let's get on to talking a little bit about the gifts. There are different gifts, but only one spirit. There isn't a spirit of healing and a spirit of prophecy and a spirit of tongues and a spirit of miracles now there's one spirit he gives many gifts and the list that we've got here in first corinthians 12 isn't exhaustive but there's still only one spirit just as there's only one father and one son and therefore there should be no division about the gifts no division now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good to each one I love the way that's phrased. He doesn't say to everyone. And, but it means everyone. But it means everyone in a much more individual way than saying everyone means everyone. Does that make sense? So I don't need to go any... Well, if it doesn't make sense, I can, I can explain it much... Uh, I will. Uh, <laughs> see, it's not like a pinata. It's, it's not like... The pinata's been broken open and all these gifts are now flowing and you get whatever you grab. That's not what it's about. It's also not quite like Santa Claus, though it's a little bit more because at least with that, it's individualized, you know. Uh, it, it, you, but it's not like Santa Claus because you get to go sit on Santa's lap and tell him what you want. And you can tell the Holy Spirit what you want, but he decides. You know, Santa usually decides, you know, Santa somehow or another always decides whatever it is you want, you know, uh, at least if he's got the money. But, but the Holy Spirit decides what he wants because he knows. And it says that he gives to each one as he will. When I was uh, growing up in the church, I was led to believe and it wasn't because anybody actually, I don't remember hearing this taught. But at the same time, I know that I thought it. And I think that everybody that I knew in my church thought it. And what it was, was that in order for these gifts to be active in a person's life, you had to get baptized in the Holy Ghost first. That's what I thought. I thought, you know, ain't... Ain't no way you're going to be doing any miracles till you've received the Holy Spirit and start speaking in tongues, you know. Then you can do some miracles and stuff. That's what, that's what I was thinking. But you know what? The Bible doesn't say that. In fact, what it says is each one, without any parameters, 
without there being any exclusions whatsoever. And the reason that I, the reason that I, that I think that that's important is to, to bring out is because I think that sometimes people have a tendency to go, well, you know, that's for that group. That's for the group that does that. You know, he, he can do these things through those who've gone there. We're this group. There's only one group, guys. And that's one body who believes in Jesus Christ. And each one, I mean, he can do, he can do any of these things on, with any of you at any time. <laughs> Isn't that great? It's a little scary too, but that's but you see we need to be we need to know that and be open to it. Otherwise, it's possible to not receive a gift when it's given to you. I'll go I'll go there in just a second. Let uh, let me let me also point out that when he gives these gifts, not only gives them to each one, but he gives them for the common good. The gifts are not earned. They are not given like merit badges. And that was also another, another way that I was kind of, uh, I, I guess, delusional. <laughs> I would say deluded, but nobody intentionally did it to me. I mean, I, this, is, this, is, this is where I went. When I was, uh, the church that I grew up in, we had these, uh, these attendance pins that we would get. Anybody, anybody remember attendance pins? Uh, and uh, if you... And actually, I think it was supposed to be for perfect attendance because that's what we called it. But we fudged a little bit. Uh, as long as you didn't have more than three unexcused absences, whatever an unexcused absence was, as long as you, then, then you'd get a pin. And, uh, you know, the first year you'd get a pin, and the second year you'd get a little wreath thing to go around the pin. And then the third year you'd start getting little bars that would drop below the pin. Three years, four years, five years... You know, and, were, and, and you were supposed to wear your pin on Sunday. And, and there were those who'd have pins, you know, that'd be all the way down to here, you know, 20-something years. And it was just amazing. And I kind of felt the same way about these gifts of the Spirit thing. It was kind of like, oh, I've spoken in tongues. Now I've got my speaking in tongues merit badge. And, you know, and, and uh, I, I go to a service and somebody would give a message in tongues, and then I remember the, the time I got an interpretation, and I kind of felt like I've got my interpretation merit badge. You know, I need to go heal somebody now. i I, I got to earn that merit badge. I, I want to be an eagle Christian. <laughs> oh, that's only funny because it's true. But that's not why they're given. That's not how they're given. It, it, it is for the common good. We'll be talking about it later on, but you know what? Uh, the, the miracle merit badge, that's an exciting one, but that's not one that you really enjoy getting because in order to get it, you've got to need a miracle. Somebody's got to need a miracle. And that's, you know, not always a good place. That's not always a fun place to go. Fun place to happen. But if you find yourself in such a place, and at some point in your life you're very likely to, or somebody who's very close to you is very likely to, you've got a God who has given you the Holy Spirit who has the gift of miracles. He can do anything. 
absolutely anything for, for the common good. Most of the time when he does one of these things through you, he's going to do it to help somebody else. That's what it's about. They're not given to be merchandise, bringing benefit to, to, to the one through whom the gift operates. They're not, gifted, they're not given to distinguish different classifications and ranks of Christians because I don't really believe there are different classifications and ranks of Christians. There are believers. And the Spirit may operate a gift through you, but it's for the benefit of others. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. The gifts don't belong to you. They don't belong to you. You know, just because you've been uh, given the ability to, to, just because you've been given a prophetic word doesn't necessarily make you a prophet. Now, there's a calling of a prophet, but that's a different thing from this. You don't have to be called as a prophet to be given a prophetic word. But they don't belong to you. You can't just go, ooh, I know, I've got one of those. I'll bring it out and use it. No. The Holy Spirit belongs to you. And the gifts belong to Him. And He has all of them. And when, he, and when He's got a situation where He wants to use you, He goes, there. But like I say, you know, you don't always have to accept a gift. And let me, let me a little... Let me unpack that just a little bit. You ever had a situation where you feel like the Lord has told you to go and pray for somebody? Never, did, did you ever feel that way and you didn't do it? Okay, me and Don and Kurt. Oh, okay. Yeah, now they, yeah. Very likely, that was a situation where the Holy Spirit was trying to put a gift in operation and went, uh, not now. Don't want that one. Yeah. Or, or a situation maybe where the Holy Spirit just, just, just said, go visit that person. And you don't, know, you don't know what would happen when you get there. You, you, you might go visit them. You might sit down and talk to them. And you don't even know that you've said anything. And, and, and God's been un- reading their mail. God, he's, been, he's been dropping words of knowledge all over you and you've just been shooting them out there and words of wisdom, maybe even prophetic words and, and, and you left and, and you go, well, God never does anything through me. And, and you know, and he just, he just rocked that person's world. But if you didn't go, their world didn't get rocked and, and the gifts didn't flow. But... He wants, and he wants to do this all the time. He, he gives to each one. There's not, there's not a believer that's exempt. Uh, you know, now, really, if, you, if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you've come to God and you've gone, I want everything you have for me, then I will have to say that there is more of an opportunity, there's probably more of a chance that when, when he comes along and wants to use you in something that you're going to say, yes than if you're still trying to figure out if you want everything he has for you. I'm just saying. Yeah. Because if you're still trying to figure that out, then you've still got some processes to go through to, to get there. So, I, you know, I, certainly having a baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit is, helps tremendously, a whole lot. But you know, I don't care if you just got saved yesterday. I don't care if you just got saved in the middle of the worship service here this morning. He, he, it's not you, it's him. And he wants to, you're one of the each one. 
And he wants to do stuff through you. He, he, wants to make, he wants to change the world. He wants to change somebody's life. He wants to change eternity. He wants to change somebody's destiny through you. It's exactly what he wants to do. And it doesn't have to be big. It can be a little thing. It can, it can be a small thing. Um, there are people who go, well, you know, I hear all this talk about miracles and stuff. It never happens to me. The more you look, the more you see. Seriously. You ever been driving down the, the interstate and you're going to, I don't know, Bill's house. And, uh, and then you wake up at some point in time and kind of realize that you are now five miles past the exit to Bill's house? Ever happened to anybody in here? What's wrong with you people? <laughs> you know what? The exit was there. You just didn't see it. You weren't paying any attention. God's doing stuff all the time. And the more you look, the more you see. Okay. That was the introduction. Y'all aren't hungry, are you? <laughs> we're almost finished. We're actually not going to talk about these particular gifts this week, but... That was the foundation that I felt like needed to be laid before we went in and began to talk about them. They can be broken up into three categories. Gifts of understanding, which would be wisdom and knowledge and discernment. And this is not getting a degree at school. This is, this, these are supernatural things. Uh, gifts of power, which would be miracles, healing, and faith. And, you know, some people may go, well, I, I've got faith, don't I? Yeah, you do, but there's a gift of faith, and, and I'll... I'll get into that. That's one of my favorites. It's, it's wonderful when that one happens along. And gifts of utterance, which would be tongues and interpretation and prophecy. And we're going to, this will get us up through Easter. We're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be covering this. Now next week, we're not going to be covering this because the group from the Dominican Republic is going to be sharing. And it's going to, yeah, that's going to be terrific. I want to, I know God's done some terrific stuff there and I want to, uh, I want to look that, but but then this is where we're going. You don't want to miss this. Uh, I'm just I'm just telling you, because God doesn't want us to be ignorant about spiritual gifts, and He wants us to to understand what they are because He wants to use us. He wants to use us, and there's nothing more satisfying, there's nothing more fulfilling, there's no greater enjoyment in life than to be the instrument of the living God on this earth. Would you stand with me? <laughs> I had a, had a lady come up to me after the service, in the first service, to tell me, you know, miracles aren't always beautiful. <laughs> no, they're not. Sometimes they're downright ugly. But they're still miracles. And they make beautiful things when they're from God. For those who are going to pray with people, come forward. If you need something today, if you need Jesus, if you need physical healing, if you need wisdom, if you need a miracle, if you need discernment, anything that you need, uh, the altar is open and these brothers and sisters are going to pray with you. They all 
filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I trust any one of them. And you come. They'd like to pray with you. God, God can do anything. These things still happen. He still does the kind of things that he, that he did then. What you've done, what you're going to do, what you're doing right now. We're going to worship for a few moments. We'll wait for you. Don't be put off. You may go, well, I prayed for this yesterday. Pray for it today. I, I, I thought this happened last week, and, and then it kind of slipped away. Well, let's get it back. Yeah. You come. We'll, we'll worship for a few moments. We'll wait for you. You come. And, and if you don't need to come, worship. Worship. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living Lord. Your presence. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love. When my heart becomes sweet and my shame is up. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come and flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be yours.
God doesn't just do this stuff on Sunday morning in a church building. In fact, most of the time is done Monday through Saturday, wherever you are. Be open. Be open. Be open. Raise your hand. Let me give you a blessing. May the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who sent his Son into the world to redeem us and to redeem the world, may the power of the Holy Spirit work in you to bring that redemption, to bring that redemption in the sphere and influence that he places you in. May you be bold. May you be gracious. May you be used to his glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.